Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, digitally or on the app. My name is Flick Manny and I'm thrilled to be driving you home today. Brainwaves is a mental health focused show with a lived experience lens. And today on the show, I'm joined by Chloe Sargent. Chloe is a writer, producer, and the co-host of the chaotic yet endearing chronic illness podcast, Chronically Fully Sick. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That's um, my favourite uh, description of our podcast. It was uh, given to us about a year ago and I've just used it ever since. It's chaotic yet endearing. It's uh, put it on my tombstone. <laughs> it's just beautiful. I really, really like that. And doesn't it sum up the chronic experience perfectly? It really does, honestly. <laughs> so we've got. I've got so many questions for you, so I'm just going to dive right in. Yeah, excited. So many people that I've spoken to actually with chronic illnesses and mental health conditions talk about this cyclical versus comorbid nature of these experiences. What's your experience of this been like and can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, so it's a very interesting thing because I suppose like uh, the concept of mental health is is two separate things in my mind. On On one side there's you know, the side of mental well-being and all the sort of like self-management things that you do to make sure that you you feel okay. Um, and then on the other side, there's the side of, you know, clinical um, mental illness and that kind of thing. And so it's it's a really, really fascinating thing because you you sort of like employ all of these, these self-management strategies when it comes to uh, mental illness, which is obviously something I have personal experience with and, um, you know, various diagnoses over the years. Um, And so there's all these things you have to do to manage life with mental illness. But when it comes to having chronic illness as well, there's this added layer to it. And it's, it's this really, really interesting thing that I I experienced personally, but I also know, you know, hundreds of people with chronic illness that go through this as well, that the self-management stuff you have to do for mental illness and the self-management things you have to do for chronic illness, they are, they overlap, but you have to do all these separate things. And it's this delicate balance that is ever-changing and constantly evolving. And it's a constant guessing game and a constant trial of error, um, trial and error, sorry. And I suppose the interesting thing is, is that for a lot of people with chronic illness, it's it's a cyclical thing where, for example, with myself, if I find that I'm having a, a depressive episode or like a, a flare-up of my depression, I find that my chronic pain is worse and or I'll have a flare-up that kind of overlaps with it or just after. And it's the same the opposite way. If I have a flare-up of my fibromyalgia symptoms, I often find that I get bad depressive uh, symptoms or anxious symptoms or, you know, a variety of other things. But it's this cyclical thing and it can often be this sort of snowball effect that if you don't do all these extra things to manage both at the same time, then it can snowball. So it's, 
I think people really sort of don't understand that it's doing all of these things is exhausting. It is a mental checklist that you have to go through every single day. If you don't, then it can have really negative effects that last a really long time. And people don't, it's like a full-time job. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You know, I think honestly, if you've got a chronic illness or a mental health condition, it is a full-time job. And then we're living all the other things on top of that. It's Absolutely. Really- and trying to work while, you know, if you're able to work in any capacity while you're doing these things, like trying to manage everything at once. God, it's just, ugh, I can't, I, I know this is an audio format, but I can't even put it into words, you know, <laughs> like it's just unbelievably difficult sometimes. And so like, I just, I'm always amazed at the, you know, talking to the many, many people I know with chronic illness and just our constant strength and resilience to do this on a daily basis. Like people really underestimate how strong and how resilient you have to be to to do this 24-7, to have these symptoms 24-7, to manage them 24-7. It's, it's, it's bloody hard. So, I don't, yeah, my strength and my empathy goes out to anyone going through it because honestly it's... It's a lot, you know. It really, really is. You know, I often say to people, it is, there are no days off. I fully understand what it is that you're saying. Yeah. Thank you for being so open about that as well. Of course. Now, one of the other things that you've been fairly open about, uh, some of the not so great experiences that you've had in the healthcare system, particularly around pain management. Can you explain mm. a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting thing. And I, I, I guess I can only really sort of talk about um, it from a, a public health perspective because I've I've never gotten to the stage that I need uh well I do need but I've never gotten to the stage that I've seen private pain specialists or anything like that but there's sort of like a, a system that you can go through um I live in a major city so I'm lucky to have access to these these sorts of things very close to me um but there's sort of like a pain clinic type thing that you can go to and there's uh, quite a few of these around the country but I think that the interesting thing is is that because it's a chronic pain clinic, not a chronic illness clinic, right? So it just manages anyone that has pain, uh, you know, for I think the, it's like more than six months or something like that. So that covers people who have injured themselves at work and are going through a work cover thing and have to go to to this place. It covers people that have other health conditions and it's it, it ha- it's this enormously widespread, um, wide umbrella and I think the the most interesting thing is is that when you go to these pain clinics, a lot of them will make you go to sort of like a uh, induction thing at the beginning. And so, like, you have to sit in a room with all of these other people that are going through the the clinic as well. And there's this incredibly diverse range of people in there in terms of age and genders and all of that sort of thing. Um, but it's it is really interesting um, because. A lot of the people when you go to these pain clinics will be older, right? It's, it's you know, you can probably count the uh, the number of sort of like people under the age of 40 on one hand, you know, in, a, in sort of like a class of 30 or 40. And it so a lot of the things sort of don't really apply to you as a younger person with a chronic illness. And people sort of look at you like, why are you here? You know, <laughs> like one day I walked in and I was using my mobility aid with like a cane and the stares that I got in a room full of people with chronic pain were just, it was really, it was this really strange sort of like um, lateral discrimination almost. Like it was really bizarre. But um, yeah, I guess because you're young, it's 
you don't really sort of get treated in the um in the same way and um in terms of the actual sort of suggestions that they make to you in this pain clinic um it it is often like well you just need to go to therapy or well you need just you just need to stop taking opioids that's the main thing they're really really stringent on trying to get people off of opioid medication and um you know, I understand that there's negative effects to opioid medication, but for some people, it is the only thing that works to give them any quality of life. And yeah, it's it's it just seems like the main thing that they they just they don't care what they put you on, what the side effects are. Um, I got put on other medications that I had incredible side effects from, and when I spoke to them about it and said my quality of life has gone down. Um, having all of these horrible withdrawals and side effects from the medications that you've put me on, I'd like to go back to using the low level, like go off of these medications and go back to using the very low level opioids that I was using to manage my pain before. And I actively got told no. And it's, it's a very, very strange system. And it just seems like, yeah, the only thing they care about is getting people off of painkillers and not really sort of caring about people's quality of life. And so, yeah, it's it's a really hard thing. And a lot of people have to go through these pain clinics because if you don't go through these pain clinics or see a pain specialist annually, you're refused certain pain medications. So it's a you have to do it. They don't have any solutions to help you. And a lot of the time it can actually be, you can have really negative effects from it. So it's just a, you know, there's obviously I'm I'm not saying there's any uh, hate towards anyone who works in these clinics, but I think it's more a you know systematic thing. I just think the system doesn't work and it doesn't cater to people with chronic conditions. No, I've certainly heard that before with those pain clinics, and even just you know things like trying to uh, essentially tell people not to use their mobility aids as well. You know, yeah, encouragement of. Well, you should just learn to walk without using your cane or you Absolutely. should try not to get into your wheelchair. And, uh, again, you can kind of really tell that it does not come from a lived experience lens. Absolutely not. Whatsoever. Yeah. It's just that real assumption, I guess, that when you show up to a pain clinic, it's like as if you've never tried anything before. Absolutely. It's <laughs> Oh, I absolutely wanted to take a week off of work unpaid to come to this thing. I've, but I've tried no other things before this. Like, why do they always assume, like, oh, I just, you know, had this condition one day, so I went, cool, I'm going to a pain clinic. Like, this is our last resort going to this type of thing. We've tried everything. We've been through it all. Yes, we've tried yoga. No, <laughs> it hasn't worked. <laughs> that sort of uh, really leads me into the next question. I mean, mm. go, having to then go through these kinds of experiences what do you think then that flow-on effect is for somebody's mental health when they are then trying to seek help they're having to go through these kind of force structures that don't necessarily work for them mm. um, what's your experience of that being like well I think it's as I said I think it's a, a systematic issue and I think it's just that the medical system um not specifically the Australian one. I think the sort of Western medical system in general is just not set up to cater to people with chronic conditions. It's set up for, you know, I've broken my arm, I go to hospital, they reset my arm and fix my arm and then the problem is solved. That's great. And Medicare is a fantastic system for people that with that kind of thing. If you've got a chronic condition that it's never going to be cured, you are going to have to access medical help all the time, the system's just not set up 
to properly help us. And obviously the, it doesn't help that a lot of these conditions, not a lot is known about them yet. But it also means that not a lot of money is put towards figuring it all out. So <laughs> it's a horrible thing. But I think that what ends up happening is uh, people who have to go through these these systems that don't work for us, we end up with this specific type of grief that, you know, it's it, like the medical grief type thing is a massive like you can talk to anyone with a chronic condition and they'll have at least one story about some kind of medical grief. And it ends up having these roll-on, often lifelong effects on us and the way that we view our bodies and the way that we view our value in in the world. And it, it often happens that, you know, AFAB people and um, gender non-conforming people um, have this predominantly the most i'd say um from just from my experience um that it's the sort of hysterical woman narrative it's we've tried to access help and then we get told that we're being dramatic that we're being over the top that we're being you know attention seeking and there's that like really classic meme that goes through chronic illness circles all the time that you know someone goes you know a doctor told me today that i was um being attention seeking and i was like yes i am i'm i am seeking attention i'm seeking medical attention <laughs> you know like <laughs> yes i am attention seeking because i need help and so like i went through that at a really young age like i knew something was wrong um well you know not not wrong that's what probably not the best thing to say but i knew something wasn't right in the way that my brain was functioning compared to people like to my peers at maybe 13 14 um in terms of my mental health um my chronic and my chronic uh illness symptoms started when i was about 19 but when i was about 13 14 i knew that the way that my brain was functioning just wasn't crap i wasn't you know quite right and so i went to doctors and i was like something's not right i need help and firstly they put me on the pill because they just thought you know you're just a hormonal teenage girl classic and then it was like they were like oh you know you're if it's still going on then you're depressed and I got put on medication from a super young age but the first thing that happened with doctors is that they told me that I was being dramatic that I was being attention seeking that you know and it's like if someone is being attention seeking by doing that that's a, essentially a cry for help because they need help you know they're asking for your help and yeah, it was that was my first interaction with the medical system. And I think that's had an enormous effect on the way that I view myself as someone with a chronic condition. And it's taken years of unlearning to see uh, my, my value to the world and to my community and to life. And it, it just, it has these really negative effects on the way that, you know, your self-esteem and just so many different things. And it, like I said, years of unlearning. And I just think the medical grief type situation is something that people with chronic conditions, it's just so common. It really, really is. It's like you're singing the song of our people, Chloe. Oh, absolutely. It's We should really have some kind of like, like an prayer. <laughs> yeah. Our <laughs> Lord in chronic me. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> it's something along those lines. But, yeah, no, it's uh, truly it's – I. I've been running a, a chronic illness group online for quite a few, like handful of years now. And so I honestly can't get over that this, this group has this really diverse range of chronic conditions in it. And yet 
that's one of the things that all of us have experienced. We're told that we're not, there's nothing wrong with us and we just are seeking attention. We're just being hysterical. And it's, you know, the hysterical woman narrative, obviously I'm using woman as a binary term, but it covers a lot of uh, different genders and identities now. It That goes back generations. That goes back years to the years of hysteria. That's been happening for such a long time. And the fact that it is still prevalent in our medical system today is deeply concerning. That's that's the perfect way to to sum that up, right? <laughs> yeah. Concerning. So, Chloe, why do you think that that kind of grief is perhaps different to the more normalised grief in society of, you know, losing a loved one, losing a job, losing a mm. pet? But what makes it really stand out uh, compared to that? Yeah, it's it's it is a um a, a really specific thing, chronic illness grief, and it it takes years to learn it. You know, like as I said, I I, I developed um, chronic illness symptoms when I was about nineteen, but it took until I was twenty seven to get diagnosed, and that's you know, years and years of going to doctors and um, being told there's nothing wrong with me and it's all in my head. Um, and the the chronic illness grief situation, uh, it comes from so many different areas. It comes from the medical grief thing, as we just spoke about, but it also comes from the way that society views people with chronic conditions and people with disability. It it comes from so all of these different elements. And the way that I've always viewed it is, you know, grief when you lose a loved one, for example, which, you know, I've experienced both types of grief I've, and I feel like there's a very vast difference between them. When you, yeah, when you lose a loved one, there's, they say that there's like the five steps or whatever, five stages of grief. And that is always sort of seen as like a linear thing. Like, you know, for argument's sake, you lose a loved one and you go through these five steps. They can take however long, but eventually you reach some sort of acceptance and life gets easier every day where, you know, it's I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. I know that very well. But you start to get to a stage where you have days that you've accepted that that person is no longer here on on this earthly plane with you, and you you have days where you don't think about them, and you're not sad every day. You know, you get to that stage, and it's more of a linear process. Whereas chronic illness grief is this really specific thing where it's like it is cyclical. We go round in circles, like. One day I can be like super confident and be like, I'm going to do all these things. You know, I'm managing my chronic illness really well. Like I'm really proud of myself. I'm proud of everything I've achieved. You know, a generally sort of kind of positive day. The next day I can be grieving all over again. And it can just be one of those days where I grieve for the years that I was told that I was, you know, I hate using this word, but I was, they got told that I was crazy. I, you know, got told that I was just taking up people's time and wasting people's time when there was nothing wrong with me. And I grieved for the life that I used to have before I was chronically ill. I know that that's horrible to say because my life now is still incredibly valid, but everyone with chronic, or I won't say everyone, most people with chronic illness do have moments where they're like, you know, God, I wish you know, God, I miss being able to go for a run or do something that I enjoy that I can no longer do. And, you know, these days come and go. We have bad days and we have good days. And this cycle of grief, it goes round and round and round. It's really hard to manage. And it's, you know, 
I'm not going to say everyone with chronic illness goes through this, but it is a very common experience. Absolutely. And I think the other factor too that comes up often when I talk to people that do have chronic illnesses and mental health conditions where there is that cyclical nature, it's like you said, it's not exactly linear because we are, some of our, you know, dis- disabilities can actually mm. change over time. You may oh, absolutely. lose functionality that you had two years ago as a mm. new system pops up. And so you're sort of constantly seeing your body evolve mm-hmm. and de evolve in real time. Yeah. It changes all the time, and you've just got to wake up and go, cool, I have no idea what's going on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's, do, it's done something I've got to, re- you know, as we were talking about earlier, the self-management strategies that you have to employ with mental health and chronic and chronic conditions, it's a constant trial and error every single day with when you've got a dynamic disability or, a, you know, a chronic condition that changes on a daily basis or, you know, a regular basis. It's like you wake up and you're like, oh, shit, everything that I would normally do that's not going to work today and so I've got to figure all this all all out again so it in addition to going through this daily checklist of all of these strategies that things you have to do to make sure that you have the best quality of life you can with a chronic condition and then it all goes out the window you've got to figure it all out again (laughs) so Chloe then what do you feel is a solution to the difficulties that people with chronic illness and mental health face in terms of discrimination ableism uh, and so on with them with their health conditions yeah look that's I had to think about this um and I it's something I think about a lot because it's like you often with chronic conditions feel like you're between a rock and a hard place and it's there's no no way to move forward right and as we were just talking about the with the odds are stacked against us in terms of a medical system that is not set up for us it is not equipped for us it doesn't usually help us that much and so honestly the it, what it's come down to for myself and it's this is obviously as we've said it's this has taken years to figure out but it's the only thing that i can really think of as a solution the only thing is community and it's i think community is the thing that is going to help you the most when you have a chronic condition because if you you know don't know what to do in terms of going forward with your mental health or your chronic um your your conditions a lot of the time because the medical system doesn't know much about it talking to other people who've gone through like like like-minded people who've gone through similar experience and have lived experience with similar stuff talking to them and learning from each other is so important and the just the concepts of solidarity and mutual aid and that kind of thing community is far and away the thing that has helped me the most and it's the thing that I've watched other people benefit the most yeah I completely agree with you on that we go under the radar like you don't you know I always sort of say that um becoming disabled like it's the only marginalized group that you can wake up tomorrow and be one of us you know it is you could for example get hit by a bus tomorrow and all of a sudden have to use a mobility aid for the rest of your life and it's it's one of those things that you don't realize that this community is there until you need us and we are going to be there for you and you can join us at any point in time but it's finding the community that's right for you. Now, Chloe we're coming rapidly to the end of our time together which has yes. just flown by. It has, so it has. <laughs> 
Now, if people at home do want to reach out to you or tune into your podcast, where can they do that? Yeah, so uh, Chronically Fully Sick is, um, you know, available on most of the podcasting apps that you have on your phone or computer, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, that type of thing. But if you can't find it, then you can go to our website, chronicallyfullysick.online, um, or you can reach out to us on our Instagram or Twitter, uh, which we are chronically fully sick on Instagram, but chronic full sick on Twitter because it took up too many spaces. Or you can reach out to me on my website or I've got some writing on there and that kind of thing if you'd like to get in touch or have a look at other stuff that I've done um, on my website, chloesargent.com. Beautiful. I encourage everybody to do lots of clicking, lots of Googling, lots of uh, (laughs) following, lots of great stuff there. Everyone at home, thank you so much for tuning into Brainwaves today. You can catch this show and our previous episodes as a podcast, actually, on the 3CR website or via Spotify, so you can tune back in and listen to this all again. We will be back next week at 5 p.m. AEST on Wednesday. And as I sign off today, I'd like to remind you that your physical health and your mental health are of equal importance and that they often influence each other. So if you haven't had a chance to do so already today, Maybe spend a moment with both. Take a deep breath in, nice big exhale out. Try to do that a few times if you can today and be very kind to yourself. I look forward to chatting to you next time on Brainwaves. If you're wrestling with feelings of anxiety, worry and depression or finding the current social isolation measures hard to deal with, we would like to encourage you to call Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are seeking information about mental health or mental health services or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. If you feel it would be helpful to talk to someone about these issues during this difficult period, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 111500. That's 1300 111500. Wellways supports 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.